1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Peter. Welcome to sunny Newcastle. It is nice today, isn't it? It's very blue sky out there. Hey there, Mr.
2: Blue. It's with you. So around to
1: what? Do? I think do is the rhyming word there.
2: Soon it's gonna start raining again. Uh 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 What a song, right? Yeah. Well, the only problem is I think I overplayed it when I first discovered it as a Uh. sort of in my early teens. And now Mm. I I kind of don't like it, but only because it was good when I first found it. And now I see you've heard it too too many times. Yeah. I need to just leave it. Yeah, for well, a few few decades.
1: We do, we do promise that this is a video game podcast. Mm. And if you wanted some kind of proof of that, we will turn immediately to the sponsor of the podcast for this week, which is, of course, a, an actual real sponsor. They have yep. given us money to promote their product on this podcast. And there's a new one every week for some reason. Uh, it's video game related, as always. Again... This is a video game podcast. I have the ad read here. Are you ready for it? Born ready. Introducing the new video game sensation, Left for Bread. Oh, yum, mm. So, Left for Bread is a pigeon survival game. Oh, okay. The first of its kind, a pigeon survival game where you have to compete with other pigeons for breadcrumbs, and it's extremely violent.
2: Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Are you in a team of four or are you a solo, no, no. alone pigeon? solo
1: it might mm. be a battle royale i'm not sure i should find out but i think uh i think it's just a survival game i don't think it's multiplayer i think it's you're just
2: against a horde of ai pigeons i mean you well i'm not going to say you joke because this is obviously a real sponsor mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. but i think there is actually a, a pigeon game that came out in like the past the past year isn't there? there's like a pigeon it's like a it was like a VR game or a Switch game or something where you play as a pigeon. Oh, that was the predecessor to this one. Oh, okay. Well, made there by you the go. same people. Yeah.
1: They oh, made well. whatever that was, and now they're making left for bread.
2: Yeah. The slightly more adult version, the the more the more grown up version.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And okay. I don't want to get you too excited, Peter.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's out right now. Oh my god, really? And it's on your phone. Look, <gasps> look, it's it's on your phone, look. Oh, oh! It's on my it's on my phone. It's on your phone. They did a deal with um with Apple to push it to every single i device in the world without their permission, just like that U two
2: album. Just like the U two album, yeah. Yes.
1: And really. so everybody's got a copy of Left for Bread now, unless you're on Android, in which case I hope Lucky you're enjoying you. your superior battery life.
2: Yeah. Huh? Idiots. Yeah. God. I mean, hang on! I've just realised I'm on Android. So how oh, come are you? It's, I thought how... you had an Apple. No, I used to, but I'm on I'm on a Google phone now. Oh so. my god. How well, come it's been pushed to my Android phone? How's this happened? You've
1: caught me in a lie because oh. this is a real oh bummer bummer I, mean, I wish it were real sadly it's not left for bread is not real uh the actual sponsor of this podcast as is the case each and every week you should really know by now i can't believe we're still tricking you on episode 78 but there Idiots. we are you fools um the real sponsors are our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as 25 cents american cents per week that's one dollar per month you can ask questions for this podcast, we put the post up on a Tuesday. We pick the questions on a Wednesday. Then we re-recorded on a Thursday, Thursday. and then we um, edit it on edit it edit it on Friday and something else. I've lost the
2: song. I can't. Yeah, remember we, the tune. we started too late in the week. There, we were yeah. saying Thursday already before the, Getting the weekend. Way ahead bit. of ourselves. What well, does yeah. Monday
1: really exist anymore in no. this current current day and age?
2: Mondays not really existed for me for a long time, because I just get to stream on Monday afternoons, and so (laughs) I feel like I have a really nice back-to-work thing, especially before C-Virus as well, Mm. because Mm. uh, it meant that I started at 11am, which was nice. That is nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Mondays don't exist. But either way, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Thank you so much. We have various tiers available. Please do consider giving back to the things you enjoy, if you can. If you can't, tell your friends. We really appreciate that. Hey, speaking of people who've submitted questions, Peter... Yes. So, uh, so people have submitted questions such as...
2: Such as, where are we walking right now? Oh, for God's sake. Every happens time. every week. Um, yeah. uh, maybe, <sighs> maybe in sort of urban... like a. Have we done an urban rooftop before where the pigeons live? Yeah, lots of pigeons. Let's walk amongst the pigeons. Trafalgar Square or St. Mark's or something. Sounds yeah. good to me. Perfect. Uh, but uh, we've got other questions beyond where are we walking, uh, including one by mm, maybe... Jonathan Geiser or Jonathan Geiser? There's no H in Jonathan here. Yeah. Um, Both so of those sounded feasible. I'm going to say Yonatan Geiser. Yo, uh, Nathan. Yo, Nathan. Uh, who says... Hi, guys. I enjoyed Hollow Knight a lot, and I was very excited about the sequel, Silk Song. But so far, there's no news about it, and I'm starting to fear that it might have been scrapped. So my question is, have you ever been excited about a sequel or a game that, in the end, never saw the light of day? Greetings from La Paz, Bolivia. P.S. Sorry for the poor English. Well, it was perfect English, as far as I can see. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. There's all kinds of games that you know, became vaporware or are still in production, yeah. supposedly, that, you know, looking Beyond Good and to... Evil 2. Well, of course, um, I wasn't even going to mention that. Whatever that
1: Wild game is that he was also making.
2: Wild was, yeah, it was one I was going to bring up. Anything yeah, that...
1: that Michel Ancel has worked on in the past <laughs> yeah.
2: decade. R- probably Rayman and Rabbids are never coming <laughs> out again. Um, but beyond those, beyond those... <laughs> beyond those <laughs> Uh, I I used to really enjoy... I've talked about this a couple of times before, I think. um, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Mm. So I'm not really familiar with the regular Baldur's Gate series. But on console, I think on PS2 and on Xbox, um, there was a similar kind of top-down, third-person hack-and-slash RPG, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. And it had a sequel as well. Both of them were very good. They had... um, well, it wasn't split-screen co-op. They had co-op where, you know, there were two two characters running around on the same screen. Uh, that was super fun. Uh, really enjoyed it. Great music. I think it was Jeremy Sewell. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one, oh, sorry, the second one ended with a very, very open ending where some sort of henchman character who seemed like a bit of a throwaway villain, uh, after you'd killed the big bad, it showed the henchman sort of scuttling off to like a sort of Egyptian sarcophagus kind of thing that he was talking to and he was like, oh, master, the, the, the other bad guy has been killed now. I will prepare your sail no. barge at once. Who's the master? I know. It was a big conspiracy. Something was going on and then it never happened and I don't know why because they were really, well, I think it's because, uh, it was made by, like, Black Isle and someone else or, like, Wizards of the Coast and, like, I don't know, one of the companies went out of business mm-hmm. Um So I think that was partly it. Um, But other than that, I think also you know there's a whole load of Star Wars games that never came out, which uh, you know some of them looked really good, some of them didn't, but some of them did. Thirteen, Thirteen, the Amy Hennig one, which I think little bits of that made it into Jedi Fallen Order, but like you know the the proper like sort of Uncharted style RPG that they did a tiny little gameplay clip of uh, that looked great and Mm -hmm. it, it never happened. Um, rubbish, yeah, terrible rubbish. What a waste! I'm amazed that she's still
1: making games. If I were her, having been through what she's been through, I think yeah, I, would have, I think I would have given up now, just in disgust at how I've been tra- uh, uh, been treated, tret, Threatened. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's not just that, like, I mean, anyone who was treated like that would feel bad and want to want to ditch it and throw in the towel. But yeah. like, on top of that, she's like top of her game. She's like Premier League you know video game writer absolutely you know it's It's one thing treating just anyone like that but especially you you shouldn't be doing that to the top dogs she's like amy
1: amy ronaldo yeah she is she
2: she went to uh she went to liverpool
1: and Mm -hmm. did a physical and then was let go and this is this is her this is her prime playing years right yeah right she's let go and then she went to another top flight club in europe same Mm -hmm. thing happened yeah. And and now she's like, screw you guys, I'm going to set up my own football league and just go do my own thing. And I think she's now working at a, an indie studio or she's set one up or something like that. But mm-hmm. I'm sure whatever she makes will be worth paying attention to because she is really good. And it's such Jeez. a shame that she's had, what, when was Uncharted 3? 2012?
2: Oh God, a long time ago. I think it's
1: yeah. 2012. That's... That's a long time to be that good at making games and be working on games and not have them be released. That's unfortunate.
2: Um, That's the thing, is it's not like she take she's taken a break. She's been working on stuff in that time and all of yeah. it has just been cancelled or
1: She was also yeah. working on Uncharted Four too, but it sounds like there may have been there, no no concrete information has ever come out, but it sounds like she may have been forced off the project. Right. Um but yeah.
2: She Who should knows. just go into business with uh, Hideo Kojima, right? You know? The spurned, the, the spurned party. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. I think so. What games were you hoping would come and never did?
1: I have two oddities and one major one. Mm. Um, did you know that at one point there was going to be a Bioshock game on PSP? No, not on PSP. It was going no. to be an original Bioshock game. Wow. And it they talked about it, and then they didn't, and it went away, and they Aww. never spoke about it again. The other was a port of Oblivion on PSP. Jeez, now, okay. I don't know how that would have looked or played, but it was in development, and there were screenshots in magazines I was reading at the time, and like everything else, that just sort of quietly disappeared. But that was the prospect of Oblivion in whatever form on PSP. On the go, yeah. was
2: extremely exciting. This is long before Skyrim on Switch. That would be, yeah. you know, it would have been the probably the first game of its kind on a portable console. It was Citation crazy. Needed. It would have
1: been two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, thereabouts. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, absolutely gutted. Those, those were that was, I, that was one of those moments where I remember reading that and thinking, "Wow, this is the future." Yeah. This is the future of games. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. But n- no, of course, it didn't happen. My main one though is Time Splitters four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which of I- course, you know. We love Time Splitters, you and I. Uh, yeah. Not, don't really care for Time Splitters 1. Time Splitters 2, uh, great campaign, mm. not brilliant in the way of story, but the arcade, no. the local multiplayer was where it really was outstanding. And then Future Perfect just did everything right. It was great.
2: Yeah, even when you emulate it and the walls disappear, <laughs> you have fun. Still
1: fun. Still yeah. fun. So the basic story. For people who aren't familiar, it was the uh, time splitters uh, was made by Free Radical Design, uh, made up of ex-rare employees after they mm. basically after they finished working on the likes of Golden Eye on the Nintendo yeah. sixty four. So that's where its DNA comes from. Yeah, definitely the humor's there.
2: It, it's it's great. Anyway, even the HUD, like the health and yes, the armor and stuff, is very similar. It's very similar.
1: And unfortunately, after Splitters: Future Perfect, they decided to make a marquee-exclusive PS3 game called Haze. And mm. Haze was really bad. And they got about halfway through making Haze and then decided, I want to make Time Splitters 4 instead. And so they just started making it and releasing a load of screenshots and they kept talking about it. And Haze wasn't even out at this point. And then when Haze came out and it completely flopped, the studio went bust. It was then bought by, I think, Crytek. Um, yeah, Crytek UK. It was absorbed into Crytek UK. Free Radical. I'm assuming most of the people left at that point, anyway. And then they had the the IP for ages. There was a fan Time Splitters 2 remake, and I, I don't know if that's still happening. There was talks of them porting Time Splitters 2 to uh, to to sort of a digital release on PS3, so you could play multiplayer online instead of just local. Uh, that didn't happen. And now THQ Nordics got the license, and hopefully that'll be the the subject of one of their mad remakes, but who knows? Because
2: yeah. all the all we've got at the moment is um magazines with pictures of the Time Splitter's chimps Yes. In them. You know, that was the kind of thing they were releasing around the time of four. Like, oh, it's it's happening. Look
0: and then at these various no.
1: character concepts, I think there was a fish bowl man who was a
2: robot. Mm. Yeah, I think he was literally called Robofish. Oh, there that we go. Guy. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Such a oh. shame. Rip? What could well, hopefully not rip forever. Yeah,
1: but, might happen. Yeah, who knows? They've got like twelve thousand projects in development, so <laughs> yeah, who knows? Got to be one of them, surely. Hopefully, hope we can hope. But hey, if we wanted to know, so I realise I'm saying but hey a lot. I've just caught myself on that, and I apologise.
2: Oh, I've not noticed, but now I will. But if whoops! You say it again. <laughs>
1: but ouch! Transition whoosh! It's time mm-hmm. to talk about things that did actually come out.
2: Yeah, that that. We have been engaging in the act of playing mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. A, at present. Yes. What's it called? <laughs> it's called what we play in.
1: <gasps> it's what we play in time, Peter. What yeah. are
2: we playing? Parentheses. Oh. You. It's it's a it's a real joy for me to be able to not just rely on either the thing I've been streaming or the thing I've just sort of been emulating in my free time on my pc because i don't have my ps4 mm-hmm. i'm back you're back I'm back in newcastle from outer space from outer space i've got my ps4 hooked up to my telly mm-hmm. and as well as having streamed crash bandicoot and had a good time 100 percented it with, nice with a little help from Save states oh, <laughs> cheeky boy whoops whoops uh and also did a little bit of crash bash and the unholy war on uh, the friday before when we were doing the uh, yeah, the day after the Minecraft stream didn't happen. Yes. Um, I have been uh, on my PlayStation Four playing Ben Potter's copy <gasps> of The Last of Us Part Two. Oh my, oh my giddy auntie, giddy auntie. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's so nice to be to be playing that kind of game again. Just a. a PlayStation exclusive third person, you know the the lot. They, they all you can put them all together into a big beautiful lump of. <laughs> it's almost its own genre, really. Yeah. The the PS3 the PS4 exclusive third person games. Yes. Um, oh, it's a real treat. Just the, the character. I tell you what, I was worried actually going into this that for some reason I wouldn't like the characters as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I thought you know the they live in a very harsh reality and so they're all quite um you know stony faced and uh you know you have to you have to be a little bit unforgiving and do some slightly brutal things and you know t- going into the game i was like am i going to be able to relate to these people who cuz i know in a survival situation like that all i would look for is a gun and one bullet. That's all I would need. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, not to be too crude. Uh, no, well, crude, that's a but fascinating but insight
1: too... into you as a person, I think.
2: Would you really want to live in that reality? I, wouldn't I, think, wanna... I, I think I'd be more scared of dying than I would be of living. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind living in the, the sort of the, the commune thing from the end of The Last of Us Part 1. Right. Uh, you know, that was nice enough if you just lived in there forever. Yeah. But... uh yeah, anyway, I thought, I can't relate to these people. They're too tough and survivalist. Fortunately, yeah, really liking them all, all the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, God, it looks great. It plays great. Even just, like, the control scheme feels good. Uh, That's the crafting. And, the, obviously, I'm trying to talk about anything yes, else but the story. Because Would I, you
1: like me to ask you some questions? Some vague questions.
2: Sure, if you like, yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you I'm mm. probably... I don't know, two hours in okay. or three hours, but that's with doing exactly what you've been doing, uh, which is skirting around every single yes. room looking for interesting bits and bobs. Of course. Um, so excellent. Uh, the The thing has happened. Yeah, though. that
1: thing. Good, you're past that. Then you, the the adventure awaits. Right.
2: Yeah. So there was a spoiler that Ben and I had seen before going into this game. Fortunately for me. It still kind of took me by surprise the way it the way it happened. Mm-hmm. So, I still kind of got something out of it. Actually, um, I don't think I expected it to happen at that moment. Or yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. So
1: it sucks. Yeah. It sucks that we had it spoiled, but it is you know it happens so early on mm. that it really doesn't you know doesn't affect. It didn't affect my appreciation for the rest of the game at all.
2: No, and I think you can e- I could probably have seen it coming not from the beginning but like from maybe sort of half an hour ahead of when it happens mm-hmm. just because of other things that are going on, you know, it, yeah. even as a going in without the spoiler, I think you would maybe have an idea that it was it could happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. How loud is your PS4 when you're playing it? Is it alright? Seems okay actually, as far as I'm yeah. as far as I've noticed. Yeah. Okay. It's um, pretty good. But but then Amy is normally sitting next to me on the on. The, this is my fiance, not Amy Hennig. Uh, right, yeah. Sitting just, next right. To me. Let's see
1: what those bastards at Naughty Dog have been doing, eh?
2: <laughs> yeah. Normally sitting next to me playing The Sims 4 on a laptop, which does sort of you know want to take off and go to space. I so see, I see. Uh, maybe that's drowning out the PS4. Yeah. The the what I thought you were going to say was how loud, or like what's the volume balance like on your TV? Because I right. found that I've had to turn it up a lot for. You know, just the more subdued, conversational bits when they've mm-hmm. they found shelter, or you know, people are just chatting in a in a house, and then you know, you'll get out into the into the wilds, and God, the the screaming and the moaning, yes. and oh, yes. wow.
1: How do you feel about the violence level of violence so far? Because the first game was really brutal. I remember the E3 demo where the where it sort of cuts to black as the as the I think Joel either takes a pipe or a brick and just smashes it into a guy's face yeah um, or like he he pulls a gun on a guy and like he pulls the trigger and and the guy's like no no and as soon as it the, the bullet fires you know it, it cuts to black and mm. the crowd was like oh wow that's crazy that's so violent and then this game just <laughs> just makes that look like baby hour.
2: It is because I, with games like this, and you know, again on Four and other other such games, I really like the stealth segments. I'm sure some people jump into segments like that, and they want to just like fire the first shot and then have a have a proper fight with with all the monsters, yeah. all the all the infected. But I really like sneaking around and trying to clear out an entire room without being spotted. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, throwing bricks around to like distract people and yeah it's, it's super fun but it means that I'm doing the stealth takedowns on a lot of enemies and every single time it just seems really quite nasty even just yes. that and then on top of that yeah you've got things happening in cutscenes that are really quite horrific I'll tell you what though something that <laughs> this might be the first time this has happened to me I must be getting old mm. uh, something that has I don't want to say offended me the most but that <laughs> That I've sort of almost winced at now and then is there's a lot of swearing, unnecessary swearing. Oh no! You know, Ellie needs to wash her mouth out with soap. I think if she can scavenge any from somewhere. Yeah, well, I suppose so. They they f about everything in this game, and again, I can understand why. It's a pretty harsh reality they're living with, and also, you know, Amy made the point that yeah, they swear a lot, but it's actually a good representation of. Sort of young people, you know that kind of age. You do sort of f everything. Yeah, to be uh, fair, as, Ellie, as it were.
1: Ellie didn't know you were going to be there watching the whole time. No, you know, she thought it was a private conversation
2: that she was having.
1: But uh, yeah. I am impressed that that is that is your takeaway from a game where you rip <laughs> people's throats out. Uh, it's
2: not when I say that it's the thing I've that's, that's appalled me the most. That's not to say that other things haven't also appalled me a lot. It's just everything about this game is appalling is. in the best way. Well, there um, are various yeah,
1: Facebook groups that I can I can point you in the direction of that would that would love to have you.
2: Yeah, I think um this video game is going to cause uh like teenage swearing no. and and it's going to make kids want to rip each other's throats out with crowbars. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. Video, video games are responsible for violence, is what I'm saying. They are. That is science. Yeah. yeah it's a true Um, fact but
1: uh, you're on a scale of uh uncomfortable but sticking with it or hesitant to wow this is really good and i'm having a wonderful time in spite of the fact that i've killed dogs (laughs) so far (laughs) uh where how are you finding it
2: i've not yet killed a dog but i'm a that's that's no spoiler i've seen i've seen dogs don't worry you will
1: you'll kill peter you will kill dogs
2: great yeah i remember seeing the gameplay that they revealed uh months ago now where you kill dogs so yeah. yeah uh on a scale of one to ten i'm yeah thoroughly enjoying this it's a good like nine out of ten can't wait to go back to it every night mm-hmm. um and it's very there's something about it that feels kind of even more linear than any of these games i've played before than than your uncharted and your and your Last of Us Well when I say linear, there are some very open areas where you can do a mm-hmm. lot of exploring, but I I I don't know. The, the, way, the way things are strung together with uh dialogue when you're riding around and cutscenes and uh the game is able to funnel you through effectively corridors, uh, even though you're outdoors and there's trees. You don't I never felt like I kind of bumped into an invisible wall or mm. really thick trees that I can't go through. It just kind of managed to make me go the right way very naturally. Yeah, there's um, lots of very know, clever a... areas like that.
1: Uh, even yeah. even the more open ones, you always end up going the right way.
2: Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. It's sort of it's the most linear I've felt without kind of noticing that it's linear. If that makes any sense whatsoever, mm. like it's it's just funneling me very naturally, and I'm never ending up too off piece like any any more off piece than i want to be so yeah. very masterfully done i think it is yeah. it is very Brilliant very
1: game. good game
2: yeah so that's my uh next few weeks of uh what we play in i'm sure Yeah. um or a f- week or so look maybe forward to
1: hearing uh how you're finding it i imagine it'll take you more than a week it took me yeah. it
2: took me quite a long while to get through it if you're clearing out all the rooms yeah, and stuff it's a, yeah. it's a
1: long old game it'll surprise you
2: the first sort of very open bit where you, you know, it's the equivalent of like mm-hmm. um, uh, Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy, where you can like drive around in the in the jeep yes. to all the towers and stuff. The first bit like that, uh, yeah, I was there for ages mm-hmm. in in the best way, kind of like you know checking out every little building and yeah. Did you get the trophy you, for clearing it all out? Uh, yes, I did. Nice. Also, also, I don't I don't want to spoil this, but did you find? Mm-hmm. An uncharted reference in that area. Yes, I did because yes. there's a trophy that for that. That was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. That was very that. cool.
1: And again, you know, the environmental storytelling of the notes and stuff leading up to that—it's all just very well done, isn't it? Mm, Every place yeah. has a story. Yeah, and it's usually sad.
2: Yes. Yeah. Lots but of notes well of done. people saying, "I've got to shoot my daughter," or yeah. whatever.
1: I'm I'm sick. I'll I'll meet you soon. And then later on, you find another note saying, "My husband's sick. I don't know where he is." Yeah. Oh, great. Mm.
2: Well, I know where he is, and I'm yeah. wearing his hat. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what have you been playing? Anything more cheerful? Well, once again, Peter,
1: I've been all over this week. Uh, mm. Ghost of Tsushima is finished, and it is platinumed. Finished and platinumed? Yeah. Wow. Good game. Brilliant. Good game. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Um, Good. Yeah. No, I, I don't really... I do have some criticisms. I... I i as i've said a couple of times on the podcast i ended up enjoying this game way more than i initially thought i would i was quite mm. apprehensive going into this one but i think it's just a really good open world game um some of the characters have have great stories going with them it's largely quite predictable but you know it's it that's not what it's all about um there is a lot about the the world itself and that's very well realised. And Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really liked it and now it's done and there's something of a, a hole in in my gaming life that I'm waiting for uh, something to fill, although I have a feeling that I know what that is for better or worse coming in the next couple of weeks, but I'll get onto that in a second. Right. Cuphead is finished. Oh, well done. Oh God, I, I'm going to say it. Oh. I hate Cuphead. <laughs> oh god, okay. <laughs> now don't get me wrong. It looks good. I it, I love Cuphead, but yeah. I also hate Cuphead so mm-hmm. much. It it's oh, I feel so old now. It mm-hmm. just made me so unreasonably upset. And um
2: <laughs> Do you feel like you were born in the nineteen twenties when that animation style was? I prevalent? do, I do. I feel like was. that is
1: the style of the time yeah i don't um i didn't have fun that's the weird thing and yet i kept playing because i think i saw it as a challenge which is again i think to the game's credit that i kept playing it because Uh every time i'd finish something i'd write, okay i'll just finish this and then you can put it down because you're getting angry at it and you can go play something else and i'd finish it and then a little bit of the uh overworld path would unlock and i'd see a run and gun stage and i'd be like well, I'll go I'll go, ch- I'll go scout this out at least. I'll go scout this out. So then when I come back to it tomorrow, I know what I've got to do. And then I'd die on it 20 times and just be furious again and, and quit. <laughs> not after a victory, uh, you know, on the high of winning, but yeah. just mad. Rage um, quit, as they say. Exactly. So I beat the devil last night and I know I had my somewhat helpful glitch that helped me get through the, uh, <laughs> the, the boss before that, King Dice. Uh, but I, uh, to my surprise, I, when I finally beat the devil, I did it with a score of A minus because it gives you a score based on your performance and I got the, I got a trophy I wasn't expecting for getting, um, getting an A rank on all of the bosses in the, in the, in that particular world, in the third world of the, of the game, um, which I hadn't been keeping track of, but apparently I did it. So look at me go, mum. I did it, but it's done. And you know what I did Immediately. What? I deleted it from my console. Uh, so I, just, I did it. I beat you. I beat you, Cuphead, you stinky game. Get out of here. It's really good. This is what I think of you. It's delete. really good, though, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I've played an hour of Spider-Man. Oh. Started a new game.
0: Oh, I Honestly, okay.
1: honestly don't know if I'm going to go back to it, because as soon as I started it, I thought there was a reason you weren't going to play it now, and that was to replay it on presumably PS5. So maybe you shouldn't... Maybe you shouldn't. But, yeah. hey, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can report back on that front.
2: So fun to swing in that game. It's always my first thought is just how much fun I had in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, Not doing anything, just, just moving around. We love swinging here at Triple yeah. Jump.
1: Big fans of swinging.
2: Swing into tomorrow. And if
1: you're into swinging, hit us up. <laughs> Let us know. Bring your keys. Bring your keys. And uh, we'll see you there. Anyway, uh, mm. Warzone. Played a little bit more of that Call of Duty Warzone, mm-hmm. and uh, the new Gosh. seasons just started. So there's a train that moves around the tracks of the map now, which is good. And they've also added yeah. a mini royale, which I think is much better because the loot is better, the circle is smaller, it has fewer players, and people are just just play ridiculously because of that. So you're always right. bumping into people, and the games are a lot shorter, but they're a lot more action packed and. Uh, I, I climbed the roof with my team, and there were two other teams on separate rooftops, and we were all just firing and sniping and firing rockets at each other. and It was ridiculous, and that never happens oh, nice. in the full version. So uh, there's something to be said for that, uh, that mini royale that they've got going on at the moment. But for mm-hmm. some reason, they tend to patch these out after a little while, these little experimental modes. So I'm, that's a shame, because I think it's really yeah. good. The main event, Peter, mm-hmm. I've played the Marvel's Avengers beta.
2: Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Question. I wasn't sure if you were going to give it a go or just wait oh, until... Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. I have. This is the game I will be playing for the channel when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Question
2: for you, Peter.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched the Hulk open a loot
2: box? <laughs> never. Uh, do, am I missing out, having never seen that? Oh, boy. Have I got the game for you? Yeah. Marvel's Avengers
1: is everything that we've heard, you know, for worse from the internet Uh, in general.
2: I kind of thought it might be,
1: yeah. It is such a wasted opportunity because there's no way they can fix it now. And Mm. that's not to say I don't think it's going to have any redeeming qualities because the central premise of uh, Kamala Khan, um, who is trying to reassemble the Avengers after the events of A-Day when everything goes wrong and there's huge civilian casualties... That's a cool concept for a superhero game, you know, Yeah. fighting through various levels and slowly bringing heroes back. You've got a hub area, uh, which I really like, which is, I think, I can't tell if it's some kind of heli, I think it's a heli carrier, you know, like they have in, uh, the, you know, the Avengers movies and so on, mm, uh, but it's yeah. decommissioned and it's just you and Bruce Banner on it at the moment, but you can walk around. There's a training area where you can do sort of VR training missions where basically you just play as different heroes in it and how there are combat challenges and stuff Um, right but there's also the living quarters of each of the former avengers members that you you can you have to imagine will be slowly populated throughout the course of the game and things will be repaired and there'll be just superheroes walking around that you can interact with and chat to and stuff and i think that's really that's fun i like that but then once you play through the opening mission which for some reason felt worse than it did when i played it at, at egx last year Okay, um you get dumped into you get dumped onto that place that that helicarrier, helicarrier um, yeah. and then you get i think actually maybe you get your second mission before then, which is getting to the helicarrier and you play as the Hulk and a little bit of as as miss Marvel and it's well designed in the fact that when you're playing as the Hulk and you're in an sort of interior environment and you're smashing around beating people up. It's just a cacophony of noise and shattering objects and stuff. Like it feels chaotic, like it should do, mm. but the combat still doesn't feel as good as Spider-Man or as Batman. You know, and those yeah. are the games it really needs to emulate. And I know that they've inherited something of a poisoned chalice here because they've got the fun task of designing the combat styles for about twelve different people.
2: Uh, yeah, you need it. You like you have to build a game that works for. People with very different powers and abilities mm-hmm. and weapons and yeah, absolutely. But
1: along the way, you've you you get you get resources and nonsense like that. Yeah. And there are chests in the world, and the the Hulk kicks the chest. He has an animation for opening the chest, Peter. He kicks it, and it says, "You got twelve bs all right whatever the hell it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. nonsense grams, uh, <laughs> stupid rocks." And yeah. there's about there's about fifteen million different resources in this game. I am exaggerating slightly, of course. There's too many though, and uh, they're all used to upgrade all of the gear that you will find and pick up. And each character gets different gear, and all the gear has tiny monumental, uh, tiny monumental, tiny, tiny insignificant. <laughs> Uh, sort of... Minutia. Thank you. uh, Numerical increases in quality. It's like, this one's worth seven, but this one's worth eight. But this one's green, which means it's good, but this one's grey, which means it's bang average. You know, it's... it's. Oh, God. It's just... They've also got that Destiny menu where you have a cursor that you move around with the left stick, and it's like, no, I just want a menu. Please just give me a menu. Oh,
2: God, Okay that uh that iron man screenshot that yes. we saw that yeah that that one where he's just it's it's almost like something that was posted on a parody mm-hmm. parody site like you know iron man's on the left standing there and then there's menus on the left and right showing loads of different very similar looking bits of gear with different names and on the right there's numbers and it says you need as you say you know 12 bollocks, and you know whatever you know 13 or and mm-hmm. it's just numbers and text and uh, yeah it's just it just makes you tired to look at and i think before that before i'd seen that image you know i'd heard a lot about this game and how people were a bit worried it was gonna become this mm-hmm. basically but i thought well you know let's just give it a chance we've not you know just just wait let's just wait but then when that image was uh, was going around, I thought, yeah, that that tells you all you need to know, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And once you finish that mission, you then get plonked into the helicarrier base area, and there's sort of a world map that you can look at, and it shows the various missions available. And it's just... Uh, for the beta, obviously, they only have those two-story missions, but there's mm. still about seven or eight different things to do, and they are all go to this map and collect slash protect slash kill this thing like there's no story there's like there's occasional quipping between the different characters you can play it in multiplayer so you can play it with with your friends to do yeah. but it's just like it's the worst most boring part of destiny basically um and there was one that it made me do seemingly as part of a story mission but i think it was just it's in it introducing me to these sort of open maps with nothing of value in them and i was just mm-hmm. running towards my objective in this big old map And there's, you know, there's different patrols moving around and, you know, Robot Man is in my ear. And I'm not going to say who because it might be a slight spoiler for some people. But Robot Man is in my ear just saying, did you know that there's some sort of uh, powerful foe nearby that we can beat? He might drop resources that we need or there's a there's a special chest nearby you may want to check out. So that's the kind of thing you can expect is going into these maps that are just sort of there to to give you busy work, things to do. And then I had yeah. to stand on a on a spot to capture some point something and defend it against waves of enemies, and it lowered me down into a into some sort of bunker avengers bunker, and then I had to get an item, and that was that was necessary for that quote unquote story mission, although as I said, that story mission is probably probably the only one of its kind in that it's introducing me to the concept of doing this side stuff as well as the story. Um, Yeah. But it's just, it's such a waste. It feels like such a wasted opportunity because Spider-Man and Batman have already proven how you can have a really good superhero game if you just make it linear. You don't take out this live service nonsense. You take out the microtransactions and the pre-order bollocks and you just have it so that you have your skill trees for your superheroes that you level level them up as you go and maybe you can buy uh microtransaction costumes if you want or maybe you just unlock them as you play like you do in spider-man yeah. you know mm-hmm. it, it, there's, there's a better way to do this and i will play it when it comes out and i'll probably just make a beeline for the main story but everything everybody has said about this game is completely true and
2: what a shame. Well, I'm sorry to hear that because I know how good this could have been for you as a big Marvel boy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's that's a very big what we play in. It just is. Did there. It was a big one today. Yeah.
1: The story could there's still be one. good,
2: though. Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah. So no, hopefully. Hopefully. I'm hoping. And Maybe they'll take away. There's probably not time. No. Like you say, there's not time to change it. They um, say it's a but... beta. It's a demo, really. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Okay. Bit We've got
1: another question here, Peter. <laughs> mm. The Marvel's Avengers train keeps on rolling. Here we go. from Robert James. Marvel's Avengers is already steeped in controversy from graphical wonkiness, console exclusive characters and insensitive marketing cap statue thing he's referring to the most recent Mm -hmm. complaints are about microtransactions and corporate involvement throughout the game. One example is how telecom companies, among others, have in-game rewards for being their customers How do you guys feel about games becoming more like a product rather than art? And what are your thoughts about in-game rewards for being a customer slash member of companies like an ISP or Amazon? Prime?
2: Yeah, um I think I think that's pretty dreadful to be honest. Hey, have you the seen the skins like, No, I've not even seen no I've not okay, but just I'm aware of the, the the notion of like oh yeah you get this if yeah like it says you're a, you're with ISP or a certain ISP or Amazon Prime or something like that um and I think that's just that's even worse than dlc Mm -hmm. is that not only is something being put behind uh you know some level of barrier you know it's not available to everyone unless you fork out for it or you know maybe it's console exclusive or something like that but it's like you actually have to spend money on a different service Mm -hmm. you know what if i don't want amazon prime what if i want oh you've sent me the let's have a look at these (laughs) are they rubbish that would be even worse if they're bad uh oh okay that's a that's a virgin media skin for the avengers Is it? yeah they're in red and white yeah look at that god they're not so they're not even good you know at least like make them really amazing uh but you know it's so if say i i looked at that and thought i really want the red and white virgin media yes. skins because just because i like how they look not because they're virgin media mm-hmm. what if i'm not with virgin media and i'm with someone else it, does it really incentivize anyone to switch providers or to start to to start investing in Amazon Prime which is what like 80 quid a year or something yeah. you know it's I don't get it. All you're doing is locking content behind a thing. And I think the only people who are going to take advantage, like not the only people really, but like largely the only people who are going to benefit from this are the people who are already with those services. I can't see this being enough of an incentive to actually make someone switch from one service to another Mm -hmm. or to start, you know, just subscribe to Amazon Prime. Uh, So... I just think it's antagonistic. I think people are just going to be mad that like content is locked off and they will they, it it's something that like people will feel that they effectively can't access this. You know, even though they could feasibly switch if they really wanted to. It's not like just making the decision, "Alright, do I spend 4.99 to get these skins?" You know, that's a that's a simple thing. What value do I put on this skin? 4.99. Okay, I'll get it. But some people will want this and feel that they just cannot justify changing ISP or something. Mm. Uh, so I think this is just going to hack people off, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: From where I'm sitting with the, especially with the Mar- the, not the Marvels Avengers, the Virgin Media skin. I feel mm. I feel sorry for the artist that had to do that to begin with because it's not yes. it's not even if you're with Virgin Media you'll get Hulk wearing a hat it's the same outfit but it's just in the colors of that brand it's rubbish like it's really rubbish stuff but i think it just goes to rather than being acting as an incentive to switch to to virgin media or whatever it's mm. just like it's just sort of like laughable it's awful you know what a rubbish yeah. thing to do with your with your superhero game that's so mm. lame. That's rubbish. It's 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 a weak effort. Like it's embarrassing. All this stuff is so embarrassing. All the corporate sponsorships and tie-ins, and they're not on the, they're not in anyone's good graces anyway. After all the mess ups they've had so far, no, you know, it, it's yeah. just it's just one thing after another. We all gave them the benefit of the doubt when I think we, most people would agree, they were unfairly criticised for having avengers that didn't look like robert downey jr and chris evans you know because that wasn't going to happen spider-man got away with not doing it batman got away with not doing it i don't see why these guys should be subject to the same scrutiny but when it comes to actually being a good game and practicing fair business they've just messed it up over and over again and their excuses are terrible and i think it's still going to sell really well but Uh, Yeah, it's just in terms of the question, what do you guys feel about uh, games becoming more like a product than art? I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of games are insidiously that. You know, I would argue that probably Fortnite is more of a product than a game at this point. You know, it's just it's just a marketing machine. The amount of Mm. brands and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff that Fortnite does, promoting movies and and so on and so forth, Um, and even games. If you play the beta, you I think you get some kind you get some Hulk hands for Fortnite or something. (laughs) I'd say Fortnite Uh, is just as bad. The difference being that's free to play. This isn't. You've got to pay to get in. And if you get it on Xbox One, you are in many people's eyes getting the inferior version because you don't even get access to Spider Man, who's everyone's favourite superhero. <laughs> it's just it's it mind-blowing. It's absolutely it mind-blowing. It's going to it's going to come out, but I don't think people are going to like it at all and it may evolve over time because it's going to be a live service game. But I don't want that. Nobody wants that. Just release mm. a superhero game. It could have been a narrative-driven single-player third-person action game and people would have loved it.
2: You know, it would have been and it fine. Could have- they could have tailored levels to certain superheroes as well. Because the other thing with this is like, if you've got some superheroes who can fly Mm. and some who can't and some who are super strong and some who are just, you know, they're just good at fighting or have some good technology or something, you know, and, and uh, I don't know how free you are to choose whoever you want to be in different levels. Uh, of the people you've unlocked. But, you know, you have to then make a level that is kind of... can be played by various different heroes. Yeah. And, you know... And, and therefore, there are obstacles or challenges there that aren't going to be easily overcome by one person and impossible to overcome by another. Um, so... You know it's it's I guess it's a bit like the Lego games yeah. but they have a very clever way of doing that thing yeah where you can you know you you have like a choice of lots of different people you can switch between them all um but if if they had a very linear uh game they could have like a level where you know you you play as the Hulk and you have to do a lot of smashing mm-hmm. and then the next level you're forced to play as someone else and that level is you know, specifically tailored for someone who can fly and you can do some really cool, like, flying segments. And uh, then there's a bit where you swing around a Spider-Man and have to, like, web up stuff that's falling on people or whatever, you know? Uh, But because they've just sort of made it so that you can kind of do lots of different things, they're not able to, like, focus it and make it that, you know, to sort of hone hone the blade, as it were, or... Uh, yeah. That's why I
1: have hope for the the narrative missions, the single player story missions, because those yeah. are, as you say, they're they're the, they're the bespoke missions designed for particular heroes to be used. But I think that's also what makes their generic Destiny open worldy areas that much more generic, because they don't just fit, you know, standard five foot, eight to six foot high yeah. characters who can sometimes ride speeder bikes around. You know, you've got people who can fly and swing and stuff. And as a result, you've just got these big empty playgrounds where everyone can play, but nobody feels special. And you're superheroes yeah. and that's not how it should work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Rubbish. And also, yeah, just to to touch on the, the part of video games becoming product over yeah. art, I think the interesting thing is that in the very early days of video games, well, you know, the game was very much... A game was made to be a game and for fun. And, uh, you know, there the was the, there was an intention of it to be... Not necessarily art, but just something to be appreciated. I think, you know, we got more and more towards art as video games developed. We started out with very simple pixely things and then, you know, slowly but surely, there was an increase in kind of like how things had narratives and became quite cinematic and now I feel like we've already, to an extent, we might have already peaked in certain genres anyway. And now, yeah, things are going to get worse as like more and more of this shilling and microtransactions and service, games as a service, uh, kind of it becomes the norm. And yeah. yeah, it's a shame. I kind of feel like we may have, to an extent, already had the peak of games being art. There will always continue to be there's really excellent artistic cinematic games but i just hope they don't become the minority mm-hmm. they attempted to make yeah. an avengers
1: destiny game but they've definitely landed closer to uh, anthem and i think yeah. they've you know they, they they must have had a really really rough development cycle trying to get this right and they've they've just not got it right and hopefully mm-hmm. this is the straw that breaks the camel's back for a lot of big publishers who are looking to emulate the success of destiny and that style yeah. of game And looking at this and thinking, ah, turns out people actually hate that if you don't get it perfect. And the only person who gets it right is Destiny because they did it first. And everyone who's tried since has immediately had tons of scorn pawned on them anyway. And then they just haven't been able to live up to it. Yeah. Oh, dear. You're right. Oh, dear. Well, let's move on to something that's hopefully a little less weird. Or wait, will it be?
2: Oh, well, hang on. You got um, the mouse pad. No, yeah, I'll, I'll get it. Just, Just yeah. sort of thud, thud around there. there okay, okay, I've, I've
1: got it's it. It's time for yeah. weird news. It's weird news
2: time. Peter, tell me about your weird news. Got a weird news right here. Let me just sort of mouse my way to it without a mouse pad because I'm going to need that again later. Um, Here we go. Scroll up to the top. This was actually sent to me by... um, At SpandexMonkey3 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, So, uh, this is according to GameSpot uh, by Haley Williams... Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator has launched with some monumental anomalies. Oh. Uh, Parts of the world are perfectly recreated, while others need some work. So... Here we go. Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is already one of the year's biggest hits, offering a whole world for its would-be pilots to explore in a year when travel has been otherwise restricted. With such a huge world to build, Microsoft Flight Simula- Simulator 2020 relies on algorithms to generate most of it, which has resulted in some interesting new landmarks. In one case, the simulator has downgraded the Queen's House, turning Buckingham Palace in London into a fairly dismal-looking block of flats. <laughs> While the Shard and the O2 Arena in London were modelled and added manually, it seems Buckingham Palace didn't get the same treatment. I will now send you the image of Buckingham Palace. Uh, or <laughs> of the the Queen's House. The sort of, Yeah, the Queen's flat. Uh, here it is. The link to this article will be in the description. Oh, wow,
1: look at that.
2: Yeah, It looks like a
1: Soviet office block.
2: Yeah, it does. So they've sort of got the shape of it, and the algorithm has looked at that building and its shape, and I think just assumed that it must be a Soviet office block. Mm -hmm. And that's just the beginning. So now you can see the sort of what mistakes it's making and how it's doing it. Uh, You'll kind of get an idea of, what I go on to describe, likewise, uh, Sydney Harbour sports a loving recreation of the Opera House, uh, but the uh, iconic Harbour Bridge has been replaced by a much more generic freeway bridge. So uh, the bridge at Sydney Harbour is looks a bit like the Tyne Bridge. It's got a big sort of arch on it. You mm. know, it's quite nice looking. It's now just a just a motorway running across the the water. Okay. Um, Edinburgh Castle in Scotland didn't escape Flight Simulator's Divine Wrath either. Uh, Again, just some student accommodation in the shape of the walls of Edinburgh Castle. Oh, for God's sake. Just horrible looking. A bridge in Portland includes a wallpaper pastiche of trucks on a road. So that one does include the big sort of Tyne Bridge style arch on it, but the arch is completely opaque. It doesn't have like struts in it or columns. It's just a, a filled in arch. And on the side of that arch is... A pasted on image of cars on a road, which, <laughs> unless you're at the exact right angle, looks like they're just sort of driving up the side of the bridge. Like a white really coyote
1: roadrunner yes. trap.
2: Exactly. You're waiting for the train to drive out of the, the painted tunnel. Yes. Yeah. Uh,. It's really good. It goes on. Apparently, the game doesn't quite know what to do with certain types of foliage. Uh, And there's an embedded tweet here. It says, by far, my favorite Microsoft uh, simulator quirk is that it doesn't know how to handle palm trees. So Southern California is full of these terrifying obelisks (laughs) jutting forth from the pavement. It's really weird. Like, all of the pavements just have, like, strange stone columns just kind of placed on the street. Um But maybe best of all, Melbourne, Australia sports an impossibly tall and thin skyscraper that very much invades your airspace. Uh, And here is that for your viewing pleasure. Mm -hmm. Again, check the link dump for this article if you want to see it. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going. going. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh it looks like a nerd pole doesn't it, does. it? a that's, minecraft that's impossibly tall um so i think the assumption is that uh they they may have used i can't remember where i saw this actually it was somewhere else someone had written a comment saying there's some kind of database on the internet of like buildings around the world and someone wonders if they accidentally added a zero to the number of stories <laughs> So it's instead of having like 102 stories it's got 1020 makes, or something that makes sense and it's just this spike sticking out of the city uh it goes on you know the colosseum is just looks more like the pentagon uh there's a, a statue um in uh the the statue of unity in india uh, is the tallest statue on the planet uh and it's this it looks like um, you know the the thing out of Game of Thrones where they sail under the guy's legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like that. It's a real statue, uh, but it sort of stands on this cliff. Uh, now it's just a small building, and the statue's missing, and it just looks ridiculous. It's just like it looks like I don't know an aquarium building or something. Right. And instead of the the statue on top of it that's like 182 meters tall, it's just not there. So it's just a building now oh, with no rubbish. iconic statue. Yeah. Um, And it just goes on and on with just weirdly uh, generated stuff. Mm -hmm. There's like sort of strange uh, buildings with foliage on top of them that look like something out of The Last of Us. Um, So, you know, I appreciate the effort that they tried to use an algorithm to map what I'm assuming might be the entire world, actually. Um, And, you know, some of it's gone well. But I'm just surprised that they didn't check things like the Colosseum and... Buckingham Palace, you know? Yeah, major, Sydney Harbour major Bridge.
1: landmarks
2: from, from big cities. Edinburgh Castle. Because in previous flight sim games, those were manually modelled and placed there mm-hmm. so that you could go and visit them. Uh, but apparently they didn't get the same treatment nah, in this game. It needs it? Which is a shame. Yeah. So I would highly recommend checking out the link to that or, or just doing a quick li- Google and finding a similar write-up because there's some amazing photos of not iconic landmarks. Um, but, yeah. That's it's a bit weird. Wow, um, that's unfortunate. Hit me back with some weirdness, Ben. Sure.
1: Uh, this this was brought to both of our attention on Twitter by Joe, our uh, yes. Discord mod. Whoops! E three did a bad. Whoopsie Daisy! This is from Gamespot and James O'Connor. E three apologises for linking to strange sexist article on Twitter. <laughs> One of the f- s- <laughs> sorry.
2: So I was just going to say, so weird that this happened. It is very...
1: I don't know how this happened. One of the first heralds that the world of gaming was going to be severely disrupted by the C-virus pandemic was the cancellation of E3 2020, making this first... Making this, sorry, the first year without an E3 since the trade show began in 1995. With numerous online replacements and the bad taste left behind by an enormous data breach following the 2019 show, not to mention companies like Sony pulling away from the event, there's been plenty of reasons to question E3's future. And now, E3 has become embroiled in another controversy, with an ill-conceived tweet linking to a sexist article going up on the E3 Twitter account. The since-deleted tweet, it was there for a long time, that tweet. Yeah, It was there for a yeah. really long time. Uh, the the since-deleted tweet contained a link along with the text, Great list of games women gamers are playing,
2: hyphen. Any of your favourites make the cut, it says. <laughs> now, number one, that title's not great, but if it just turned out to be a list of twenty, the 25 most popular games at the moment, mm-hmm. then, all right, slightly weird that you've gone here's what women are playing, yeah. but at least, you know, the game choices could be okay. Yeah, Let's find out whether the game choices were okay.
1: It's, well, yeah, no, predictably, but also very quickly, <laughs> great list yes. of games women gamers are playing. Any of your favorites make the cut? I mean, it's difficult to fully extract the context there, but it does sound like they are they are assuming that everyone who follows them is a man. And yeah, therefore, has true. completely different tastes from women gamers.
2: Yeah, we don't think your favourites will have made the cut on this women. Yeah, look at this list, weird women
1: gamers. Don't they like weird games, huh? Those women yeah. gamers. Any of your favourites there? It's just so bizarre.
2: It's so weird. <laughs> Anyway, Do women play your favourite game? Find out by clicking this link. You won't
1: believe, because it's not true, what we've put in this <laughs> article. The article it linked to was called 25 online games that women enjoy. On, on, sorry. That women enjoy. And I think it says on parade is, is what it says immediately afterwards. So I don't know if that's the website or if that's also part of the headline. That mm. women enjoy on parade while the women are parading i don't really understand and it was an seo optimized list of games that women play it says in parentheses uh peppered with quotes from user reviews and market research games included <laughs> kim kardashian's hollywood solitaire and animal crossing new horizons the issue Tetris here was on there as well was it? <laughs> yeah the issue cuz it was just an seo list like there was there's was mm. no it wasn't put together by a person it's just keywords in a list yeah The issue here is not that these are lesser or inferior games. The article was extremely prescriptive about the uh, sorts of games that are for women and was clearly produced to produce keywords clicks, Sorry, rather than actually presenting recommendations and included many stereotypes. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, the
2: bejewelled classic entry reads. Oh, God, I didn't see that. I thought that Bejeweled was on there, but not that it said that. Diamonds
1: are a girl's best friend, yeah. The list seems to have been taken down too, but we would not link to it regardless. After an outcry, the E3 Twitter account removed the tweet and posted a brief apology. We messed up. We are taking down the post and apologise for perpetuating a harmful stereotype. We will do better. E3 2021 is scheduled for June 15th to the 17th <laughs> next year. It'll likely look very different from previous E3s, though.
2: But hey, ladies, Bejeweled 10 is oh, going to be there. God, it's and diamonds are a girl's best friend. I mean,
1: obviously that's awful. But at the same time, how does this happen? It's like THQ Nordic all over again. How did they? How did they get into that eight chan AMA? How did they? Yeah. How does how does this happen? And why did it stay
2: live for so long? It almost feels like the entire thing was done by AI. So like the list was generated by a robot. Mm -hmm. And then it almost feels like that some sort of bot on the part of E3 found it and said, I'm going to post this because you can't believe that any human being would be involved in that. But sadly, I think maybe they were awful. Um,
1: Really rubbish. Right, well, that was our weird news. We we are running mm. long, so let's smash through this next question from Henry H.
2: <laughs> Henry, Henry H. says, Hey, lads, what are some of your general thoughts on DLC? One of my friends is vehemently against them, saying that it's something that should have just been included from the start. Well, I love the thought of getting new content after a while, uh, a while after the game was released, despite the extra cost. Keep up the good work and stay safe. Thank you, Henry. So... Thank you, Henry. So I guess in in this case we can assume we're talking about paid DLC just for the sake of the question. Yes.
1: right. Um, I, I have I have thoughts. So mm. if it's a launch if it's if it's a launch story or character DLC, right? So this this DLC is is significant, yeah, and it's available immediately at launch, like Mass Effect did, then that's mm. never acceptable. Agreed. If it's DLC later on, such as Borderlands that expands mm. and it's of a sizable nature, that's good because it gives you more to play and that's what presumably they're working on after the game has come out if it's cosmetic dlc at launch like virgin media skins it's not a great look but it's relatively harmless and also pre-order bonuses and stat boosts with special editions i also do not think is great um not a huge fan of that but ultimately the the big red flag for me is if it's a story or a or a a bit of story or character that's locked away immediately at launch that's not okay
2: yeah i agree i think uh you know that to me it mostly comes down to whether it's at launch or not Mm. you know no matter what the the kind of content is so yeah if it's a character or story at launch not good should have been included it's already there it's available why didn't you put it in your game if it comes later then yeah more content down the line that's great it 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 sort of expands the the runtime uh, or lets me go back to it cosmetics though i also feel the same way about in a, a certain extent i feel like if they come later down the line, then people can just choose whether they want to pay for that or not. And yeah, again, it's not a great look, but people can just make the decision. Um, but I also, I, I still kind of feel like this from launch as well. Like, if that stuff is available, it, it looks really bad at launch to be charging people extra for content that already exists. I think that, like, even if that stuff is ready at launch, that these companies should just hold on to it and just release it later on, and then try and try and get some more money out of it I guess obviously the point is if they shove it into a pre-order bonus the whole point is they're trying to encourage pre-orders and yeah I I obviously understand the model of what they're trying to do but uh, yeah equally I just think for God's sake if anything that is ready and playable and usable on the day that the game comes out should be on the disc Mm -hmm. and it just makes you think back to PS1, PS2 era where Just the game came on a disc and it also been (laughs) very uh, carefully tested as well. That's the other thing. That's a whole different question. But, you know, the disc would arrive or or sorry, you'd go out and buy it and the whole package is there. It probably runs okay, and you're not going to be charged extra for anything else. And that is something that I really do miss from from the olden days. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, later DLC, big stuff, extra stories and characters. I think that's good. I think it, ex- it you know it, it adds to the experience. Yeah,
1: hundred yeah. percent. I think in general, DLC is one of those excellent ad- advances that we've made in the industry over the past twenty years. You know, the ability to yeah. to, to increase your playtime and add more content to a game that's hugely mm. exciting. Obviously, it's frequently abused uh, for mm. financial gain. I mean, they are businesses at the end of the day. But there are certainly companies that use DLC better than others and uh, i think in general if we got rid of dlc that would just be such a backwards step um yeah you know, at the end of the day you don't have to buy it but it's still really frustrating when you're looking forward to a game and there's loads of stuff available to buy at launch on top of you know the price of admission that you've just paid
2: i think it says it all that you know i think i've, I've already said i'm i'm following the uh, the crash 4 information that's coming out quite closely because I'm a big fan of the series mm. and uh, when that game was first revealed they ended with oh pre-order now one uh pre-order now to get these exclusive uh in-game skins and people saw that and thought oh god okay so what you're saying is there's going to be loads of skins that you're going to be charging people for you know cosmetic microtransactions mm. and they've had to very very uh, uh vocally say none of this will be Purchasable or downloadable, it's all unlockable in game, apart from this exclusive stuff. And there's like a PlayStation exclusive skin as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it says it all that like companies are now they don't want people to think that there is DLC mm-hmm. for their game, and you know, so, or some companies don't anyway. Not all do. Uh, but yeah, that I thought that's that was quite telling. And it's now a I selling that... point.
1: There are no microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Why is that? A- you shouldn't even celebrate that. You are the people who did it in the first place.
2: Yeah, Activision. People like you. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. um
1: So, yeah, I think generally, DLC, very good, but it has to be used in a good way. And it mm. can be. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right, let's move on, Peter, to a huge discussion. Are you ready? Do you have your mouse, Matt? I've got it right Here's here.
2: It's a big discussion. Big discussion.
1: Big discussion time. This big discussion comes from Dan Scott. Mm. Hello to my two favourite internet boys. Oh, stop. Hmm. Hello, Infinite got delayed recently, and whilst delays are nothing new, they seem to be occurring way more frequently in the best year, 2020, as well Trade as late mark. 2019. And I was wondering, c Virus aside, do you think that these do you think these days? that developers are under more pressure to create perfection, or are consumers growing more impatient as the medium grows? Or is it even a side effect of crunch, with higher-ups demanding completion in an unrealistic time frame? Keep up the excellent work. Much love. Peter. Yes? Talk to me about uh, some games that were delayed this year.
2: ha. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers, Cyberpunk 2077, Dying Light 2, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, Gods and Monsters, Halo Infinite, Psychonauts 2, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, The Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, Wasteland 3, Watch Dogs Legion, full stop.
1: Hey, that's a lot of games, and obviously (laughs) a lot of games games were delayed into this year to begin with, like The Last of Us. You know, that's now out, but that was also delayed. Final Fantasy VII remake, obviously, hugely mm-hmm. delayed. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. Cyberpunk as well has also been delayed. Was that in there? Yes. No? It was. Yeah. was it? Yes. Yes, it is. So it is. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Okay. But yeah, there's 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 been a lot of delays. Um I think I don't know if you've noticed this as well, Peter, but see, people seem to be more accepting an understanding of delays than they were um recently. Yeah. Some people still get up in arms about it, but I think a lot of people are accepting that. Hey, you know, you guys have held your hands up and said you need more time and whatever just make it good. Mm. You know, but that doesn't mean that it's been a, a good year for delays because it's definitely been a a a a landmark year for delays. Yeah. Um, I think some of these games probably just weren't ready beyond the impact of the C virus, but I'm sure exactly. that that has it's surely made an impact, you know, as well. Mm. Uh crunch could also be a factor in this, but I think perhaps slightly cynically more so that they're trying to av- these games are delayed not because they have to crunch but because they have to crunch and they don't want to because it's very much in the spotlight at the moment crunch yeah there's
2: been some bad PR bad press uh, reports on crunch with red dead and uh, mm-hmm. god what was there's been some other ones some big the ones the last recently. of us had some well yeah the last of us well. yeah but I think yeah. a
1: lot of these games a lot of these bigger games this crunch seems to be so such a systemic problem in in the in the development scene, that the main reason you get these games coming out on the date that they originally promised is because they account for crunch, like they yeah. expect to do it. That's part of it. And now that there's a a light being shone on it, and people don't want the bad press, and I I'd, I'd like to think would also like to look after their employees. That's one of their concerns. Uh, they don't want to do crunch, and mm. so that could be a major reason why these games are being delayed is because companies are starting to realize that maybe they can't get away with factoring that into their release projection for a game
2: yeah i think this ties into a lot of to to various things we've talked about in the past two or three weeks on this podcast i think number one i i agree that like i don't think halo infinite is necessarily a direct result of coronavirus you know the, the the delay on that i think they did sort of mention that at least in passing in their statement but it's fairly obvious that really they just they kind of goofed they've been spending a, they'd spent a long time on this game and maybe some of the tech kind of fell behind or some of the uh, the quality is was still stuck in the years that they started making this rather than very contemporary stuff um and then yeah they came out with a statement and said oh yeah uh we need some more time um sort of maybe c virus but is it really mm. um But on top of that, I think, um, you know, we talked about the change in what 70% or 80% or 90% means nowadays with a good game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Dan Scott, our questioner, makes a good point in terms of, is the audience putting more pressure on developers to create perfection? You know, I do wonder if there is something there in terms of if a game had come out and, and been quite good that that would be considered a success once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I think people do, unless a game is perfect, they do kind of feel like, oh, it's a shame. It's a shame that it's not perfect. It's a shame that it's, you know, it's only a good game. Th- there yeah. does seem to be a bit more of that going around now. And then on top of that, I also think something else we've talked about recently is the general sense of um, the hype that builds from a game's announcement to the day it comes out you know we 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 talked about the fact that um you know fallout for example uh came out like a year after it had been announced or less than that was it even Mm -hmm. um and uh whereas you know you look at something like uh you know they announced the the next elder scrolls game like a year ago and that's not going to be out for years and you've got you know cyberpunk's been a long time coming uh things like starfield beyond good and evil 2 as well um you know games like that when people wait for that long, I think that they expect something a lot better. And I th- surely, it, it seems safer to spend as much time on something as, as you need to as a developer. But maybe don't get don't don't start wetting people's appetites so early, yeah, um, because that is right. going to increase the pressure and the the expectation of perfection. You're going to people are going to say, "Well, you've had eight years to work on this, or you've had ten years. Why isn't it the best thing I've ever played?" Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, I think you're bang on. I think some developers and publishers are their own worst enemy, as we have Mm. discussed before in terms of managing expectations and hype. Just don't talk about your game until you're at least confidently a year out. You know, something could go wrong. You could be a year out and then there could be a global pandemic and that could genuinely throw a spanner in the works. But people talk about these games and announce them so early Mm. uh, that 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 has to cause a knock-on effect. And I think it's just the nature of being an entertainment medium as well certainly just factors into it it's exactly the same with music it's exactly the same with movies at the end of the day they are subjective but at least as far as games go and from a technical standpoint with movies if a shot is bad or whatever Mm -hmm. or you know if if a game there's there's just a mechanic that's broken or there's a bug you know you can say that is bad uh but when you've got these games that are worth tens maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of how much it's cost to make them you expect a lot from them and you should true because surely the publishers and investors expect a lot from them too you know they they need a return on investment and if they have the right marketing budget there's a good chance they'll get that back regardless of the score i'm sure assassins creed has made a lot of money with every single game regardless of its varying metacritic scores just because of the the strength of the ip but yeah. if you've got a game like you say like starfield that presumably they've been working on for a long time they announced way too early and they're going to be spending tens of millions of dollars on people will expect so much from it and if it mm. under delivers then that's gonna not not even from a you know it didn't get a 90 it got an 89 or whatever. Um, but like if, if it doesn't match people's expectations the amount of money that was spent on it as well as how long it's been in the wild in terms of in the public consciousness announced also plays into it because it's just it's entertainment and if you're spending a lot of money on something you expect it to be really good and mm. you know that's just that's that's just how it works right
2: yeah yeah it's the time and money it just raises everyone's expectations imagine if uh so let's say starfield comes out and it's a sort of 80, 87% game, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good, yeah. I guess. Uh, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. it's, it's getting really, really up in my standards now. Uh-huh. Is 87% good? Uh, no, but so it, say it comes out and it's, it's that sort of quality. The fact that it's been so long uh, in the works, mm. people might still consider that ultimately not necessarily a failure, but oh, well, this really wasn't what it could have been. Yeah. Whereas. If you imagine a world where that game had never been announced, it had never been revealed, and then uh, suddenly they go, oh, we've got this new game coming out, Starfield, here's what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then within six months or 12 months, it comes out, and it's an 87% game. Yeah. That would be a victory. Totally different yeah. story. Yeah. It's completely yeah. different.
1: So... Yes, as Peter said, I think it's definitely a combination of various things we've discussed before. Corona almost certainly hasn't has had an impact on delays avoiding crunch, yes, definitely. Maybe mm. because they care about their employees, but likely because f- for PR reasons they don't yep. want to be doing crunch. Um but yeah, that's that's also it. You know, some of these games just just won't be ready. They just they just mm. aren't good enough or they won't be ready and uh oh, I mean we've still had a huge amount of games come out this year. A lot of them, you know, were delayed from 2019, but Yeah. my god, our game of the year episode, you know, when we do that at the end of the year is going to be totally different from last year's which was mm. I think I had 6 games I was honestly considering and you couldn't do 5 because it was mm. just it just wasn't the strongest year for games last
2: year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had four, and then threw threw a fifth one in mm-hmm. um, that I sort of touched on, but not really played properly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we are. I hope yeah. that
1: uh, hope that was something of an insightful conversation. Of course, as always, let us know what you think about what we've discussed
2: via the following means. Our content goes out on YouTube and Twitch.com. Well, YouTube.com and Twitch.tv, I should say, mm. forward slash Team Triple Jump. And when we're streaming on there, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Madster Dactyl, and Trowling Badger. They all do a great job. Mm-hmm. So uh, come watch us on there. We've got social media Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke, doing an excellent job. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. You can ask questions on this podcast. Worst Games Ever, two days early, um, and uh, all kinds of merchandise and stuff like that. Check it out. Discord, bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe. Thank you, Jack and Joe. Hmm. Uh, Podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can get the audio version at play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash triple jump. There's a website, it's triple j.mup, and we've got a shop on there, triplejur.mup forward slash shop. It's where we've got t-shirts and mugs and a swimming costume for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, all of our live-, live stream VODs are available at triplejur.mup forward slash VODs, which takes you to the... Triple Jump VOD's channel on YouTube.
1: You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself. Just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams, every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, Thursday being the joint stream on YouTube. Blaze it and Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever. It's Fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else podcast is every saturday and we do shows one every other week dotted around the worst games and so on please leave us a review on itunes or your platform of choice it helps something to do with algorithms peter this week is a worst games week mm-hmm so it was a, it was a bad one it was a really bad one so keep an eye out for that on sunday and if you're already supporting us on patreon at the correct tier hopefully you've already watched it and hopefully you, yeah hope you enjoyed it um mm. there's another video playing through some launch games that's coming out i hopefully if i had time to finish it playing through some yeah. psp games so go check that out on the channel also i it's oh god they come around fast next week it's another sleepover stream
2: is it oh boy yeah they,
1: they keep they don't stop coming do they no they do not stop coming so if you're again if you're a patron supporter a patreon sorry supporter of a certain tier we will be doing our usual discord call it'll likely be uh just before the stream we will uh, we'll be changing it up slightly this time so it will be later in the day which means we will have to limit the time that everyone talks for but we will announce that properly on patreon in due course Mm -hmm. Um, But just be aware that there will be a shorter time to chat with us because unfortunately, boringly, we have other things to do. Yeah. That sucks. Just enough time, Peter, to talk about this week's sponsor, Mm -hmm. Left for Bread, the survival (laughs) pigeon game where you have to compete with other pigeons for breadcrumbs. It's also extremely violent and it is out on your Apple device right now along with U2's latest album.
2: Do you drop in from a from a, a school bus in the sky? No, just but... a
1: larger pigeon.
2: Oh goodness me. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. As an egg. That's good.
2: Yeah. You come out as an
1: egg oh, and it you, you it lays you in the you sky. Smash you smash into the ground and then you burst out and you've got guns and knives and stuff.
2: But you're still one of those weedy little yes. like featherless, blind. They're all just sort of crawling around, yeah, flopping around, absolutely, dra- and you've got a f- dragging a full size AK forty seven on a on a gun strap, mm-hmm. just pulling it around, eating
1: breadcrumbs and slowly growing feathers and maturing as yeah. it goes. It's uh it's gruesome and it's available on your phone right now, so please check that out. Get it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back same time next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 <laughs>